Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, dude. How you feeling? I know you got a little surfing this morning. I feel fantastic, man. I'm having a hell of a day already and just got started. And I have a, you know, I went out, had a surf, ding, and um, then went and had a I just an epic breakfast order. I just really feel like I really feel like I killed my breakfast game today. And uh, then I'm going to play golf this afternoon after dirty sports is over. So like, you know, I'm doing the California triple, a little surf sports pod golf. Let's go. Some white privilege shit right there. Some white privilege. <laughs> shit. I, got, I got a, I got a dirty matcha latte. And I oat, mean, and holy oatmeal. white, holy white person, bro. I got a dirty matcha latte, and then I got oatmeal. I couldn't decide: do I go like egg sandwich? Do I go, you know, try to be healthy? Whenever I surf, I try to be a little healthy. So I got oatmeal, and then I was like, throw some bananas in there, throw some chia seeds in there, throw the raisins in. But then I was like, but I still need savory. And I was like, and you know what? Just hit me with a side of bacon. Like the best of both worlds. Matcha and coffee. Well, you need some protein. Sweet and savory. Yeah. Get, get some protein in there. I was on the road with Eddie one time. And, you know, I love bacon. And Eddie, like, what we got to Arizona, he bought a ton of bacon. I was like, bro, I thought you were like Mr. Healthy. And he's like, bro, bacon's like great for you. And I was like, listen, I don't even want to hear anymore. I'm just going to trust you. And from now on, I'm going to eat bacon guilt-free. I don't know if it's great, but I, I, I don't, dude, I don't know anymore. You know, they're he always like, cholesterol's a sham. I was like, okay. Well, they're always changing. Right. Everything. And, and that's why Eddie's Mr. Health. I was like, I don't even want to know. Don't update me if it changes. I'm taking your eat a pound of bacon and an avocado every day to heart. I'm just going to do it like every day. Fine, the, let's the, eat bacon. The, the problem is it's like anything you, you had the food industry in cahoots with doctors or scientists to create things like the food pyramid, which was just wrong. And then people were eating wrong things for you. Like absolutely not the pyramid to follow. The only pyramid to follow is John Wooden's pyramid of success, which avocados are also on. In case you're wondering so diligence hard work courage avocado i bacon. throw down that bacon every time i wear my tie-dye bill walton pyramid of success shirt my my nephew my, one of my nephews who's four like, what's lsd well, he always points to bill walton on he goes who's that and i'm like it's bill walton it's learn it yeah well I'd be curious what Bill would have to say about the Sixers and Doc Rivers and some of these discussions, which we're about to have Ben Simmons. It's our, 
I think we might be at this reset button for the process for Philadelphia. It's hard to say that though. They're the one, they were the one seed this year. I know now I know they're not playing in the Eastern conference finals. So what does that mean? But they were, you know, the process has led them to being the one seed. And I know they made, you know, they got just as far in the playoffs when they weren't the one seed and when they didn't have doc rivers and whatever, but I don't know. Resetting is, is huge. That's a huge call. It is, but do we want if, to start with doc rivers or do we want to start with Ben Simmons? Cause I have a lot of thoughts on Ben Simmons, but my doc rivers at this point, and I've gotten, literally a dozen messages since the game ended like oh here we go joey no chill rant destroy doc rivers for me kill doc rivers i'm like i don't know what else i there's nothing say i have been riding the ss doc is overrated i've been captaining that ship through the seven seas for the entirety of our podcast basically like i feel like i've said everything i need to say about doc rivers being overrated, being the, you know, the Dave Roberts and Doc Rivers is the Dave Roberts of basketball and vice versa. And, you know, just, he's a good guy. He's a good uh, motivator. He's, he's a player's coach, but he's not an X's and O's guy. And I've, I mean, I don't know, go, go back to the million episodes where I ranted on Doc Rivers, put in dirty sports, Joe Prano and Doc Rivers into Google and enjoy that. I've already said it all. Yeah. Well, let, let, how about I do this then? Let me piggyback that. And I've agreed with you. I've been a lot less vocal, but let me piggyback it with, you know, me and my, my dork stats. I like to bring in that the numbers don't lie on doc and the numbers didn't lie last year and they didn't lie the year before. So we're actually year by year adding to his resume of disappointments and mediocrity when it comes to the playoffs, not just mediocrity, but losing. And I'll hit everybody with a few stats that I saw that was being posted on Twitter after the game last night. We'll start with ESPN stats and info. This is a great one to start with. Doc Rivers has 29 losses with a chance to clinch a playoff series. The most losses by any head coach in NBA history. Once again, 29 losses with a chance to clinch a playoff series. This is a staggering one following it in the same tweet. One, and the 20, the 29, when you're clinched to clinch a playoff is like, you know, obviously they didn't lose 29 series. They weren't 29 like game, you know, series ending losses. But when you're in the playoffs, also when you have a chance to close out a team and you don't, even if you eventually close out that team, it hurts you, you know, like there's so much to the process of winning a championship when you have a team against the ropes and their life. Yeah, I agree. So his 341 win percentage is the worst all time among coaches with 20 plus games. So this is talking about playoff win percentage. Yeah, his 341 win percentage is the worst all time among coaches with 20 plus games. If your playoff winning percentage is 34% lower on average than, you know, a solid Tony Gwynn season. You're not a good coach guy. Yeah. Let me repeat that. He's winning 34% of his his playoff games. games. Let's just end the argument. It means it basically means he's losing series four too. Exactly. 
So here are some specific instances of Doc coughing up his ninth series lead. He has blown nine series leads, guys. Nine. Nine. From 03 to last night. And here's what's crazy, which makes it even worse for him, in my opinion. Of those nine series playoff leads that he has blown, he's done it with four different teams. <laughs> so, so, so it doesn't matter where Doc goes, he's going to blow the series. It doesn't matter whether he's in Orlando, and, and Boston. The series, and the series lead, you know, that's an interesting stat. Again, when you like look at it deeper than the surface. So because we talked about it, it's like it's hard to say reset because you're the one seed. Right. But this is what Doc Rivers does. He's a great motivator. He's a great guy. He's a player. He's coach, blah, 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 blah. He's good at the long haul. Right. If you have good athletes and you can keep them motivated and you keep them whatever, you can win a lot of games. So the majority of his seasons, he's probably a top half playoff team. Yeah. So when you are a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, you're going to get a couple games at home to start a series and you're going to win a game at home. You know, you're going to win two games at home and then you're going to blow the series. This is how you end up blowing the leads. It's like you get, you get, you know, a, a head start on these guys with a couple home games and then you can't coach your way out of a paper bag and they come back on you and you lose. I totally nine, agree. Nine it, times, nine times. And, 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 and we talk about, so think about this. Phil Jackson has more world championship rings than he has. Like, like Doc's almost equaling the championship rings that Phil Jackson has in blowing series, which is crazy to me. We talk about athletes being clutch and when the crunch time happens, who performs, who lives up to it, who makes the clutch shot, who makes the clutch pass. We never talk about the coaches for some reason, which is interesting because this shows it when Crunch time matters. And like you said, Joe, he's getting a high seed. He spotted home games. But when the going gets tough, when we get to game sevens or we have a 3-1 lead or a 2-0 lead, Doc wilts. He just does. I, I actually – I so here's the thing. I kind of disagree with you because I don't think he's any better at coaching otherwise. Like it's not like he's changing his – coaching style it's not like he's suddenly panicking i just think he's not a good strategic basketball game game coach yeah and so over the long haul when you're like motivating guys on back-to-backs when you're motivating guys playing against a team that's on a back-to-back when you're you know you have to keep your team playing well on a road trip uh, on a homestand, like all the stuff that goes into coaching basketball, like on a season wide thing, he's great at because he's a good guy. It's hard to criticize Doc Rivers as a person. And I know you watched the post game and want to talk after about how they, these guys aren't critical of them. It's hard to be critical of Doc Rivers because he's a great dude. But we can separate but, we can separate the person from their job. Right. But I'm saying that great dudeness helps him to be a great regular season motivator and a guy who brings team together and a guy who's, you know, the talk about 
Every team has to have chemistry and the coach is going to be the top of the chemistry pyramid. He's great at that. He's just a terrible basketball X's and O's guy. And when you get into the playoffs and everything's tighter and you're not winning games on chemistry and winning games on motivating through a back-to-back or taking advantage of another team on a back-to-back, you're playing every other day against the same team in a series and they're coaching for you every day and you're coaching for them every day. They're making adjustments and you're not because you're not a good X's and O's basketball coach. Yeah. The end. So it's not like, Oh, he chokes. He doesn't choke. He just is in over his head when it comes to playoff basketball. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. So a couple more things since he left the Celtics eight seasons ago, think about this. He's never made the conference finals since he left Boston. He coached Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan in their prime together on the Clippers. Which, look, they, yeah, they should have played in the conference finals, but also they're, you know, there's, there's issues with that chemistry, sure. that team too, but, but for sure, a good coach could have gotten that team to that, the That's all I'm doing. I just want to list some players he coached together in their prime. Obviously, Kawhi and Paul George last year, and now this year, Embiid. And Ben Simmons. Now, now it, it is interesting. Obviously, we'll discuss Ben Simmons, but I'm just I just want to list some of the players that he's had. To me, the last two playoffs are basically the barometer that shows his coaching career in a nutshell. Last year for the Clippers, game five blew a 16 point lead. Game six blew a 19 point lead. Game seven blew a 12 point lead. So the last three games where they can close out, he blows double digit leads in three games. Cons- yeah. Uh, now, in, that, in that regard, he's not a good X's and O's coach. It's a game of runs. He doesn't know what to do about it. He doesn't know how to, when to call timeouts. He doesn't know when to draw up a play. He doesn't know. It's, he just gets out coached in the playoffs because that's when good coaches, you know, that's who gets to the playoffs is good coaches. And then they're better than him. And he followed up this year, game four, Sixers blew an 18 point lead. We all know the infamous 26 point lead blown in game five. And last night they lose at home while Trey young shoots. This was crazy to me to think this Trey Young shoots five of 23 and they somehow win. That's nuts. There, that reminds me of something. What does that remind me of? What Kobe go for in the finals? Eight what of twenty-four. Eight of twenty-four. But that was against the Celtics. Wait. Oh wait, that was the Doc River Celtics. Crazy. Great correlation, right there. That's a great correlation. Two star. He's unable to take advantage of when the other guy's not even showing up. Yeah, two star players have awful games and he still is losing in closeout games. And 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 I told you when you alluded to it, you know, I watched the post I watched the whole post game show on TNT and I love that crew. It's the best crew in sports. All of all sports, of all commentary, it's the best crew. Not a single one of them brought up Doc. Not a single one of them. And it's like, guys, he's a good guy. He played in their era. Basically all of them. Right. Kenny Shaq. He definitely he definitely crossed over with Charles. He definitely crossed over with Kenny. 
you know, he was there in Shaq's early years for sure. He's a great guy. They like him. He's probably fun to hang out with. They all golf. Like, again, it's hard to be critical of Doc Rivers as a person. And who's being critical of him as a person? And I get that when you have relationships like that, it's hard, you know. Kenny doesn't want to go see him at the golf course and be like, man, you ripped me a new asshole. But at the same time, it's like you guys are also the unfit. Like Shaq will be there and be like, hey, yo, if, uh, if I was in the locker room with Ben Simmons, I put him in the toilet. I give him a swirly. I'm Superman and he can't score. I'm putting him in the toilet. I'm flushing him. And you're like, what about Doc Rivers can't coach his way out of a paper bag? He's a good guy. I like him. Yeah. I agree, Matt. Like, like, like Doc Rivers is my kryptonite. I'm I'm powerless around him. You know, I'm to the point with him. Not none of the, the regular season, it just doesn't matter. It dude, the it doesn't any sport, it it almost doesn't matter. It's you what you in do now. in the you gotta get in and you gotta have a good seed helps. So that's the, that's the issue with doc rivers. Pre teams bring him in. He makes them better, but they're never going to close out because he's a bad X's and O's coach. Like dude, look at, you know, I know we, I always make the comparison, but you look at baseball, like if Dave Roberts doesn't, if, if that was their window, if they win one championship in a Mickey mouse season, with the payroll, with the players, getting all those World Series, it's going to be the same thing as Doc Rivers. You're going to be like, what did you – you were – you failed. You're a failure. And that's – the point is, like, you can be great at getting your team to win X amount of games and do whatever, but, like, win. You have to win. You have to at least – this team has – the one seed has to be in the Eastern Conference. Finals. By the way, I want to do a quick – Correction. So he's 98. He has a winning percentage in the playoffs. I, I misread that stat. So he's 98, 94 overall in the playoffs. The 341 winning percentage is uh, in closeout games. Right. So I want to do a quick caveat on that. So he hasn't, he overall has a winning record in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. But again, barely. And you're a high seat. You're supposed to win more games than you lose. If you're if you're not you know if you're if you're in the conference finals you're winning you're you know you're winning sixty percent of your games. It's never easy with him. Even that do you remember this? Even that Celtics team that won it all. You remember who remember who they played in the first round? It was Atlanta, if I'm correct, in two thousand eight. Okay. And that we went don't. seven games. Yeah. Like it's never easy for him. Because he's not a good access nose basketball coach. Yeah. So I don't know, but they got to figure out the, the point guard situation as well. I, you know, Ben Simmons at this point, it, it's, you know, that's the stat they posted. He took three shots the entire fourth quarter for seven games. Three shots. That's embarrassing. Yeah. He's played four years in the league. I know he's only 24, but I have seen zero progression of an offensive game. Zero. The, you're not going to make the leap all from year one to two or from one to three. 
He's made zero progression. I think, you know, the thing with Ben Simmons is we just, we did this with Giannis, right? We're like, can you win a championship with Giannis as your best player? And I said, you can, but you need to do that. You need to have this around him. Now I know Ben Simmons was the unanimous number one overall in like the process builder. You know what I mean? You obviously can't win a championship with Ben Simmons as your best player, but for the Sixers, they don't want him to be their best player. You know what I mean? That's not sure. like Embiid is their best player. So for the Sixers, that's not a question that they even have to ask. And I don't think at this point anybody thinks that Ben Simmons could be the best player on a playoff team, right? Like if Ben Simmons is your absolute best player, are you a playoff team? Probably not. So that's not the question we have to be asking. And I understand that everybody wants to talk about the bustness of him because he's the one overall. But like, I still think the answer to a question is, can Ben Simmons be the point guard on a championship team? Yes, I think he can. But certain things need to happen. And obviously, you're going to need at least a, a, a player who's significantly better than him, who's the alpha. You're going to need to, you're also going to need to have a coach who knows what the fuck he's doing in terms of using you. But, you know, Brant Tobler tweeted this thing uh, today. He said, trade Ben Simmons to Golden State. If Clay and Steph can't fix his shot, nobody can. And it's funny. And yeah, like the idea of those guys like teaching him to shoot is, you know, a, a great idea. But here's why I like that idea even more. I think the Ben Simmons like goal should be to be Sean Livingston. Who's now an exec or like a player personnel guy with the word like that should be what Ben Simmons is trying to achieve. Sean Livingston kind of plus where you're hitting that baby jumper, you're hitting a little turnarounds, but like you never become a face up three point shooter. You never become a guy who's like working people off the dribble, but you have good size. You're a great passing guard. You've got that in between range. You take advantage of smaller dudes. You help facilitate. You could like, and, and remember now Sean Livingston dealt with an injury, obviously a bad injury early, but he was the four, he was the fourth overall pick. And for a long time, it was like bust, 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 bust. But he turned out to have a fantastic NBA career and was a huge part of those Warriors championships. So like that to me is like what Ben Simmons should be trying to achieve at this point. Yeah. Is like Sean Livingston, but on steroids, like take it one level further. I've never, you're younger, more athletic and you don't have the injury, but like back up smaller guys, hit little baby jumpers, hit little floaters. Like he's got to have that. That's why I like, the thought of him like going and Stephen Clay turning him into a three point shooter is a joke, but like him and him, like on a Sean Livingston type of mentorship, like he could be that guy. I've never seen someone more scared. Obviously everyone's talking about the play where he had an easy dunk. 
I've never seen someone more scared to shoot. It reminded me as someone who just coached third graders. I think this is actually a perfect comparison. It reminded me of some kids on my team. Eight or nine-year-old boys who are scared to shoot the ball. That, that's, that's what he looked like last night. I, I actually felt cringeworthy watching it. I, but, like, it, but, it was tough to watch. You're like, dude, you're so scared to shoot. But it's funny because, and again, we're talking about the same coach. But, dude, that was Rondo how many years into his career? That's a good point. Five, six. Wow. Yeah, that seven is. Seven years in his career. That people was just Rondo. Give, people would give him free throw distance jump shots and he would refuse to take them. That's right. Now he's hitting threes. You know, now he's hitting open jump shots, but it's a very similar development. It's a very similar offensive game, similar coach. But like, can you win a championship with Rajon Rondo as your best player? Absolutely not. Can you win a championship with Rajon Rondo as your point guard? We have seen that you can. Now, the NBA is different than it was 10 years ago, but I still believe that's what you need. You need to, you know, you need to, like, Ben Simmons needs to be better when he peaks out than Rajon Rondo was. But it's got to happen soon. It's got to happen at some point. I don't want to, if I'm a six or stand, I don't want him on my team next year. I just don't. I, I want a point guard who can get his own buckets, who can score. I mean, I mean, the Embiid window, if you look at history right. on big men getting injured early on in their career, this Sixers window to win is tight. But what, like, here's the problem with the Sixers window to win. Can this Sixers team with Greg Popovich and, um, you know, I don't know, pick a point guard, pick a point guard, pick, pick somebody in the league to just swap straight up for Ben Simmons. That's not just not you're not saying like, oh, just put Steph. Can Steph and Embiid and Greg Popovich win? Yeah, yeah, of course. But like, what about okay? I'm, I'm gonna toss. Like, I'm gonna, who I'm gonna are toss you out. trading him for, and then you have Doc Rivers and Embiid and X beat the Nets, beat the Bucks. Uh, let me toss out someone, and, and it was discussed, and they didn't pull the trigger. And he's older, so I think that played a part into it. If you think, do you think they they have a better chance of winning that series if they have Kyle Lowry as their point guard? Yeah, but. Do Kyle Lowry, Joel Embiid, and Doc Rivers, first of all, for sure win that series? Maybe. Probably. It was a game seven, and he's significantly better than Ben Simmons. But do they beat the Bucs or the Nets? Well, it'd be the Bucs, obviously, because they're moving on. But, but, but I'm saying, when you, but when you're looking at it, like I said for the last two weeks, the winner of the box net series wins the East. Do, do you like that? If you're, if you're, if you're the, you're the exec, you're Daryl Moore. And they're like, Hey, you're going to have Kyle Lowry, Embiid and doc rivers. Like with, you know, being, having a, an honest heart. I like my, I like my chances better again, just for this year. I like my chances better with Kyle Lowry. Just but this it's year. It's not about whether you like your chances better. It's about, does it, actually do it and i say it does not 
Because you um, still have a Doc Rivers problem. Yeah. Dare I say you probably help Simmons. Like, listen, this isn't good. This isn't it. it. This ain't it. You know what I mean? But like, if I was exec there, I'll, I would rather take my chance with a new coach and Simmons and Embiid than Doc and Embiid and a new point guard. I gotcha. I don't, I don't, uh, and I, hate, I don't hate I that. Hate to do it again because we just did the, we just did the fear, theoretical replace of Simmons, right? Sure. And I hate to be that guy, but the theoretic replace of Doc, how about point guard whisperer Mike D'Antoni, Simmons, and Embiid? Does that make them a better, like, I like that better than Kyle Lowry and Embiid and Doc Rivers? Is James Harden in the Nets next year? Well, I don't he, know what what's. The, uh, I don't know what. Asking, his, yeah, I'm just asking what his contract was. I, I think don't know. So. Yeah, I think I, I I don't think he's a free agent. The reason I ask, I mean, they are gonna. Philly's in a tough group right now. Right. And that's and the, when you're talking about the Embiid window, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about. Who do you have to beat? Yeah. Then and, and again, the injury bug. Now, Chris Paul's a free agent. Is Chris Paul and Embiid and Doc a championship? Well, we already did Doc and Chris Paul. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but they got a lot of decisions to make. They're not going to fire Doc. Well, no, they're not going to fire Doc, but this is, but therein lies. Now we come full circle back to the thing. They're not going to fire Doc because they got a one seed. Right. They got a one seed. And because the inside the NBA crew didn't say shit about Doc. Oh, man. Ben Simmons is terrible. If Ben Simmons is on my team, I'll give him a wedgie. Yeah, no way. He can't be on my team. I'll th- I put him. I put him in my super suit. I throw him into the sun, like when, like when Superman had that nuclear bomb. I just, I just fly him out to the sun and I throw him into it. But so hammering Ben Simmons, and and not saying shit about Doc Rivers. Ben Simmons has been in the league four fucking years. Doc Rivers has blown more three one series than Ben Simmons has years in the league. And if you go on ESPN right now, Ben Simmons deal inevitable. Doc Rivers underachieving f- for five years with yet another franchise also inevitable. Yeah, it's not good, man. I'm not saying Ben Simmons deserves any sort of, you know, leeway. I'm not saying Ben Simmons isn't. Greatly underachieving. I'm not saying Ben Simmons isn't a one seed, one first round, first overall bust so far. But what I am saying is it's kind of unfair to have do a whole, like, let's just hammer Ben Simmons and let Doc Rivers 
coach another team to mediocrity for probably half of the upcoming decade. Yeah, they're equally accountable. I would say he's way more accountable. <laughs> I agree. He's the I would, head coach. I would put it more Benton's on Doc as well. One player. I'd put it more on Doc because of his history. And he is already repeating his history of not winning come playoff time with a team that's stacked, with a team that performs very well in the regular season. And he's already repeating that in year one. That would scare the shit out of me if I'm a Phillies, uh, if I'm a Sixers fan. If I see he's doing this in year one, the underperforming come crunch time, when it matters most, I'd be scared. And like I said about Kerry Jones and, or sorry, uh, uh, Jason Garrett. And like I said about old fucking visor douche, who's the old Eagles coach Peterson as a New York Knicks fan and a hater of all things, Philadelphia. I hope they give doc rivers a fucking Shashevsky contract. I hope he's coaching there until the fucking polar ice caps melt. Like, I hope he coaches there till there's a fucking tricentennial. <laughs> I hope the dude is coaching in Philadelphia forever. There were some great crowd shots of last night's game of in shock Sixers fans. I mean, they they hit a multiple array of I fans. Mean, just, I mean, ima- like, imagine. Imagine what it's like to be a Philly Sixers fan right now. You know? You're, you watch your team fucking blow the one seed, lose a game seven. And now you're like, fuck, I got to eat a turkey sandwich from a gas station on the way home. Fucking dairy-filled wife waiting for me. <laughs> Hopefully waxing her mustache while I was gone. Savage. You want to hear a depressed Sixers fan? Yes. Do I need I want- we answered basically the call, but I'm going to play it because this dude, man, just down. You can you can hear it in his voice. Just a, You just, love to hear it. Just a man who <laughs> has been ruined. Give it to me. By the game of sport. I'm fucking literally eating it. Give it to me. What's going on, boys? This call might be a little long. I don't know. But, man. 12 a.m. Sixers fan here, just sitting here, just thinking about how shitty of a fucking situation we're in. I mean, just the waste of Joel Embiid and his talent and his would-be MVP year had he been fully healthy. And Ben Simmons, just the falling apart of Ben Simmons and Doc Rivers getting fucking exposed. I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think, I think they gotta blow it up. I think they gotta get rid of everybody that's not named Embiid. At this point, damn near Seth Curry. Seth Curry's not getting paid anything, as far as I know. But then you got Ben Simmons on a max contract, and I think his value is nothing at this point. What can you even get for him? This is more of a little bit of a rant than just a question, but. What do you even do if you're in the position of the Sixers? Do you just blow it all up, get rid of Tobias? Dwight Howard fucking sucks. And they got G League MVP, Paul Reed, 
who was electric whenever he fucking played, just wasting away on the bench, letting Dwight Howard fucking play and just pick up hard, stupid fouls. I don't know. I'm at a loss. Can't say I didn't see it coming, though. Anyways, shout out to Kendall Jenner for picking the right basketball (laughs) player to get with Devin Booker, really showing out over fucking Ben Simmons at this point. Anyways, stay cool, boys. Sad, depressed. Oh, my God. That guy hates work today. You know, I felt for him when you could just hear it in his voice. In the end, I'm also like, he's a fucking Sixers fan. Feed it to me. Sports will um, break you. That man was sports broken. Will break you. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's one of my sports are dumb tweets in a fucking phone oh, call. <laughs> man, that guy, that guy is, is. He does bring up a good point that I did not, you know, that's something that needs to be discussed in the Ben Simmons thing. And again, like, I'm not making any excuses for Ben Simmons whatsoever, but like, I don't think the idea is like throw Ben Simmons into the sun. Um, I think that there's value in Ben Simmons, but you have to weigh the value of Ben Simmons with the fact that they're paying him a max contract. That's a fuck. That's a fucking joke. That's, that's where they're really in trouble because how the fuck do you move them? If you wanted to, that's kind of why they're fucked. That's kind of why that's kind of why like the, you know, you kind of just got to take your medicine and you got to find somebody that can coach them up, but they're not going to do that. So dude, if he developed a jump shot with the way he plays defense and his body, and his all-around game, he he could be so good if he developed a jump shot. Even even I'm telling you, man, the, the, like Livingston, Livingston's got to be his fucking. Put a poster of Sean Livingston on your wall, dude. Watch Sean Livingston fucking highlights. Be Sean Livingston. Always be yourself. Unless you can be Sean Livingston and then be Sean Livingston. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his value is. That is an also another good question. I, well, I just... his value is way, you know, his value is not a max contract. Now, are the OKC Thunder going to fucking trade him for whoever and take, you know, three of your first picks and whatever and then turn him into like a decently good player and then walk away. Like, I mean, this, they just did a Kemba, right? Yeah. They're stockpiling picks like no other. And, you know, I mean, this, can we transition into that, that deal? So, you know, the, the kind of gut reaction from a lot of people is Brad Stevens. uh, First move as an exec is to get rid of Kemba. He must have fucking hated Kemba, blah, 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 which I don't necessarily like look into it. So in such a shallow fashion, I think, you know, Brad Stevens is a good coach or was a good coach and they didn't win and they don't have the talent to win right now. And his job as the new head of basketball is to find a way for that. Like, I, I think that he's smart enough to know, we're not there. We're like, we just don't like, we have to make changes. And so I don't, I mean, obviously Kemba had a disappointing run with the Celtics, but I don't think this necessarily speaks to like, Oh, I think Kemba's trash. It's, I think he's just going like, we need to do something. And you know, if we're building around 
Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and that's it. Like that's the core. Then everybody else is expendable. I gotta, I gotta reshuffle the deck. So, like, I like that move by them, and I also don't think it's necessarily as easy as saying, "Well, Brad Stevens clearly thinks fucking Kemba's trash." Yeah, it's it looks like a win for both organizations. On the surface, that's what it feels like, but I don't necessarily think that's what it speaks to. Because listen, if you can't win. Who isn't expendable? I, I would argue that Jalen Brown's expendable, depending on what you could get for him. Yeah. Well, Brad Stevens, obviously, he's the new GM, president of basketball operations, whatever the technical title is. He's trying to lay his own blueprint, right? This is his first move, like you said. This is his team now to run so to speak and he's gonna he's gonna do that real quick though and i don't want to go back to it but real quick because i thought of this and i and i just remembered it who wins more playoff series in their coaching career doc rivers or back to the future doc brown (laughs) like if they're coaching the team does doc brown do more does doc brown dude doc brown was making fucking on the fly adjustments all the time that's what i'm saying Doc Brown's like, you know, remember when the fucking cable broke? Doc can't get it together and he's fucking sliding down on a wire. He's ziplining. Doc like Brown. Doc Brown, when Doc Brown faced adversity, he got it done. That's what I'm saying. Doc Brown was Mr. On the Fly Adjustments. Back to the Future 3. Like, I mean, just think about the end of one. Think about Doc Rivers showing up at the end of one and and, and Marty being like, I don't think we have enough road to get up to 88 miles an hour. He's like, well, uh, we're going to need road. <laughs> so we better find some place where we can get up to 88 miles an hour. Meanwhile, Doc Brown has already turned this into a fucking flying car. He's like, we never need roads anymore. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah. If, guy's if fucking making adjustments. And let's reverse it. If Doc Rivers is calling the shots like Doc Brown, Marty is stuck in 1955 forever. Oh, dude, if Doc Rivers is Doc Brown, like like the 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 world of Back to the Future is just Marty's mom getting raped by Biff for <laughs> for eternity in the back seats of cars. Shouldn't laugh. Shouldn't you laugh. Shouldn't laugh, but, but but like but I that's, am that's I'm the laughing. low key <laughs> we shouldn't laugh, but that's the low key moment of back to the future no one talks about enough there's a near rape in back to the future that's a great point well i recently watched all three with nick d'alessandro yeah and and that was something that definitely caught our eye again you're like whoa hey he's not only a bully he's a straight up rapist yeah there's a lot of questionable moments in some of those movies when you go back now that would like are totally like whoa bro I think we talked about Bill Murray, not to throw. I, we love Bill Murray, but in meatballs. You remember that scene? No, that's meatballs, dude. Same thing. Meatballs in 25 years. You go, go rewatch it. Bill Murray straight up tries to like rape a girl at the camp. And you're like, <laughs> I, I watched that one last night. I was like, whoa, whoa, like what? And again, I'm not trying to, it's not about canceling. It's just, to me, it's just about, where we've come yeah like i think bill and ted throw out a gay slur at one point and you're like whoa in retrospect this is uh, i don't know 
I'm not sure how to feel about this. You guys got to get in your phone booth and go. Speaking speaking of that, you guys didn't go to 2021 in your phone booth and find out that that was fucking unacceptable. I know we've talked about it. I watched the trailer last night. I was laughing out loud. The trailer for Soul Man is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, bro. Just the trailer. The trailer for Soul Man. See Thomas Howe. For for people who don't know, Soul Man was if the premise, a, yeah, entire blackface movie, the entire movie. The this he a kid wants to go to Harvard and he can't get in, so he he no no he goes, no he does get in. This is the premise, the, which I learned in the trailer. I thought that yeah. was it because I hadn't seen it in so long. The premise is see Thomas Howe from Outsiders fame, who played Ponyboy Curtis. He gets into Harvard, and his rich parents say you're paying for the tuition. Right, right, yeah. And by the way, guess what the tuition was? I watched the trailer last night. $25,000. It was like $10,400. Yeah. <laughs> which, which to me, and I, that was like one of the first YouTube comments, which I thought was funny to go. The craziest part about this trailer isn't all like the racist shit. It's, yo, dude. The Harvard's Har- now 90 grand. Yeah. Harvard was only like, like 10.5K back in the 80s. Yeah. So the premise is, yeah. So he so it's not, to, it, was, it wasn't like a uh a whatever, but yeah, so he, he then he uses he becomes black to get a scholarship to become a scholarship and he couldn't look more white. Yeah, the whole movie he's the whole in black movie is just him in blackface. The whole movie is him it's in blackface. Ridiculous. And uh it also stars um James Earl Jones is the, like the main professor. Came out in 86. It's absolutely bananas to me. That this movie happened. <laughs> but you know what? It, you know what I've learned? You know what it is? If you're not important now, nobody cares. Right. Like, I don't want to throw C. Thomas Howell under the bus, but like, what's he doing? Right. You can't cancel C. Thomas Howell. I'm saying. Also, I think, also, I think they tried to cancel C. Thomas Howell recently. His own career canceled himself. I think he. Uh, was it him or was it somebody else? They like tried to pull up like on a rape, like an 85 rape charge or something like that. Like, yeah, it was wild. So if you, if you have a couple minutes, I would advise anybody listening to watch the trailer for soul man. And you're, you're going to be like, what the fuck this happened? This movie happened. Yeah. But I, I will say James Earl Jones, man, obviously an amazing actor and, the pedigree is so high for him. That's probably one he regrets doing. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking all the great movies he's done. Speaking of James Earl Jones, I cannot, We, you know, I know we can got to transition into this series before we move away from basketball. We got to talk about the West a little bit. Well, first of all, we got to talk. We have a lot of basketball left to talk. I agree. Um, but Every single time Terrence Mann made a bucket, I was just like the boat rocker. I know <laughs> the boat rocker. I think explain. It. I think there's people not getting it. Uh, Terrence Mann was the name of uh, James Earl Jones' character in Field of Dreams. It's spelled slightly different, sure, but but he's like a he's like a '60s activist uh, writer. He writes some. He writes. You know, in the movie, they refer to like the major like he's almost like the black J.D. Salinger and his catcher in the rye is the boat rocker. And there's even a moment where, you know, uh, he asks 
uh, uh, Costner, like what, what happened with his dad? Like what, you know, when did the relationship fall apart? He's like, after I read the boat rocker by Terrence Mann, he's like, Oh, see, this is, this is why I don't let people in my house. Yeah. On me. Sure. Uh, when, he, when he hits him with the hippie spray. Oh, it's just so great. And I, somebody's got to remake it. Somebody's got to remake. I mean, it would have been great if the, you know, if, if the Clippers can, can pull it out in one of these games, or if he has another big moment, but we need the, we need Ray Kinsella making a U-turn in the Volkswagen van. And the maybe it's Chris Paul driving and he makes the U-turn and there's, there's Clippers, Terrence man in the middle of the street. Yeah, with the, the lights on him. Yeah. Yeah, Terrence Mann went off. I mean, what do you have? 36, 38? Yeah. And again, I brought it up last episode, man. The Ty Lu, Doc Rivers. Well, there Dude. was a moment I remember early on. Um, they the- won that series without Kawhi. Right. Early on in the first round, when they when when things were looking dicey for the Clippers, you know, there's there's still these people out there. There's still Doc Rivers defenders. There's still mellow defenders. You know, the world's a crazy. The ba- basketball Twitter is one of the craziest places in the world. But I remember seeing a a tweet. God, I wish I knew who it was now. But like somebody I follow who's like, I guess it wasn't Doc Rivers after all. It's like, no, it fucking was, because <laughs> the Clippers are still playing. The Clippers are in their first Western Conference Finals ever. Am I a Ty Lue stan? Am I a Ty Lue defender? Do I think Ty Lue's a top five coach in the league like Nick Wright's out there claiming this morning? Absolutely not. But he's better than Doc Rivers. Kinda. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying last week, man. Come on. They're in the finals. They... Lost a two-time finals MVP. Guy stepped up. Paul George is playing great. Terrence Mann went off. I mean, something has to be said about the coach. Buckets, Ray. Buckets. Now, now this will be an interesting series because you have the star point guard and then the star all-around best player on the team both out right now. And I don't know what they're statuses for upcoming games i don't know what their status is either i mean i know obviously chris paul's got to like get out of the protocol however that happens and then Kawhi is obviously you know i mean i think day to day probably for the rest of the playoffs so devin booker man devin booker dude got that kardashian bump that jenner bump he's breaking out man i'm telling you this is uh Obviously, the guy has been able to score. What I love, I just like, I like that you're suddenly buying Devin Booker stock. No, 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 I'm not suddenly and, buying um, it. I'll, uh, hear me out, guys. Obviously, he had just 70. Get in on Amazon. The guy had 70 points on, a few get years. Yourself some what Amazon I'm saying stock. is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, dude had a triple double yesterday. Like, I'm yeah. saying his all around game, he had a 40 point triple double. This guy is blossoming even further before everyone's eyes into just an elite NBA star. Yeah. 
he lost it. He lost his. He lost his point guard, and he put his team on his back. He lost a veteran point guard, and he has a triple double in the Western Conference Finals. He has arrived. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, but he had but, already he had already arrived. But it's you know now he's arriving bigger and bigger stages. He's, he's out of the a, local beauty pageant. He's yeah, now he's he's you know he's in the Miss America pageant now. Miss Universe is next. So it's like those. It's, it's like a flower, right? Like like I got these these hostas in the front yard. I've never seen. I've never seen. Bless you. <laughs> I've never seen flowers bloom on my parents have had them forever. It just, I'll be honest. I don't think my dad. Not take a shot after Father's Day, Walt. But I don't. You didn't take enough care of him. I don't know what you were doing. I, I swear, electricity's gonna go out here in a minute. That's how. That's how it's gonna work. But I'm saying now I'm seeing flowers, violet, actual the blooming on them because they've developed. They haven't been too eaten by bugs or deer this year so yes my hostas in the front yard are devin booker i don't know if that's a diss on him or not i don't either i don't know what it is but hey here i am making these awful metaphors i think the Suns take this series though i mean listen the Kawhi thing is big the chris yes. paul thing is big but you know it was a decent game but if like I, I've been talking about the Suns and the confidence they're playing with and they have right now, right now with Kawhi out and with Chris Paul out, they have by far the best player left in the series. Right. Yeah. So let's start there. Let's start there. I always start there. Who's got the best player. Let's start there. Wait, you're saying Devin Booker's by far. Yeah. Right Paul now. Walter is pretty good. Well, Paul George, would you say Paul George is on Devin Booker's level right now? Not right now. Right. So the Suns have the best player in the series and the, you know. Kawhi, like Devin Booker is great and Devin Booker's going off. But like when Kawhi's playing, you know, and it's healthy, they're probably the best overall player. And then, you know, then the question is, if everybody was healthy, you probably go Kawhi, Booker, CP3. Then Paul George, right? So then you've got two out of the top three, but also Devin Booker has a three, you know, a, a triple double. So I'd argue he could be in the argument for the best. So listen, I got, I have the Suns too. I have the Suns too. It's a nice run for the Clippers to get to the Western Conference Finals. Um, but I also have the Suns, and I think it'll be a fun series. But I got the, I'm with you. Yeah, I do too. And and I hopefully these guys can get back and play. Now, on the other end, Kevin Durant had another great game, forces into overtime with that clutch shot. But, again, there's only so much you can do, man. Yep. Obviously, you know, Harden's playing, but hurt. Kyrie's totally out. Um, Apparently, he was really hurt. Did you hear what Harden said? Yeah, but you could see that. You could see that. You could see his only job in there was to, like, be the world's greatest decoy and you know, and good for Kevin Durant. Listen, Kevin Durant is awesome. Kevin Durant is, you know, I, I think I talked about it a couple of years ago. I mean, Kevin Durant has potential to be, you know, a top five player of all time. In in some like, depending on how you look at like the how you judge people in the modern era, like if you judge a six eleven, like again, I said it before, I'll say it. Like Kevin Durant scored a thousand points in the nineties. It's like a joke, like then he'd be unstoppable. He'd be unstoppable. So like, 
depending on your era and your evolution, if you rank players like that, like Kevin Durant has a chance to be a top two player of all time, but he certainly like on a level that with very few other guys in the NBA right now. And yeah, but you can only do so much, especially just from a scoring standpoint, when you've got a lot of guys out on this team. I mean, we're, you know, I saw the headline yesterday that like Spencer Dinwiddie might not, you know, take his option. It's like, he was like, who, who was it at the end? It was Kevin Durant and Joe Harris. Yeah. And uh, like an incredible performance and such a great scorer and, 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 you know, the best bucket getter of all time already, in my opinion. And you know, uh, Tug texted me. Unfortunately, I did a show in San Diego on Saturday night. Did a couple of shows. I only got to watch like the last like three or four minutes of regulation, and then I got to watch overtime. And Tug texted me that Steve Nash was a spectator, the same as we were. That you know, he was basically calling him out for like not coaching him up. And it's like, well, listen, you had a first year head coach. And yet Kevin Durant scoring 50 and like what, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm almost not sure what you'd want him to do in that situation. Like, what do you like getting the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands? But I understand what he was saying. It didn't seem like they, there was a whole lot of strategery coming from the Brooklyn sideline. My, my two, my two guys over there um, other than let Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, but like, with the lineup and the health of the team, like I'm not really sure what else you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it got the overtime. So, right. right. Man. So close to heck foot was so close. It, it's game. funny because apparently who wears the size shoe? Did you see, did you hear this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a size bigger. Yeah. Which is just like a ridiculous thing to come out in the, in like the aftermath of that. But at the same time, I wondered, and, and listen, the footwork on that shot, the ability to like go backwards, spin, pull out and make that shot is, you know, there's not a ton of guys in the NBA who can do that. But when I watched it, I did say out loud in this comedy club, why was he ever inside the three-point line? You, you know, he stepped back and he didn't step back far enough. But like, dude, you're 6'11". You shot over everybody. Yeah. Why did you ever even go inside? And I honestly, at first, he pushed in so far, I thought he was going for a game tire. Like, I thought he was like, I'm not going to fuck with trying to win this game with a three. I'm going to hit a mid-range and make sure that we get to overtime. And then when he, he was go, he was going in, I was like, yep. Yeah. it's exactly what he's going to do. And then when he backed up and he took it, I was like, no, not long twos. And so if he wanted a three to win the game, I don't know why he ever stepped half of his extra shoe size in inside the three point line. So there's that. And listen, it's another one. Uh, I like Kevin Durant as a player, obviously, as a guy, you know, you can, we don't have to go into all that. I like James Harden as a player. 
I love Dan Tony. I love Steve Nash, but I'm a Knicks fan. So fuck them. Fuck them all. Although then I had to deal with people on Twitter, like angrily coming at me about the Nets. Like I was some guy accused me of being a Nets fan. I'm like, I don't even know what, like the internet basketball Twitter just makes me sick. She's got to get off it, man. I know, but so much action, <laughs> but let's now let's talk. Okay. Listen, I love Kevin Durant. He was awesome. He's incredible. He almost, he put the team on his back. They, they almost won it, but we're not doing, we're not. So What's amazing to me about basketball Twitter and basketball talking heads or whatever is in the loss of the series in the second round, Kevin Durant went off and by a lot of people's measure earned best basketball player alive status. But if LeBron loses in the finals, that's why he's not great. You know what, man? You just can't do it. I'm serious. You just can't go there anymore. Dude, I, dude, I got in this discussion with my brother. He got heated. I just go, stop. It's just, it was literally about the same shit. And then I was like, I was like I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm again, I'm looking. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, it's the same argument. I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you is what I'm yeah, saying. But it's I'm, like, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm going I full Bernie meme. I'm here once again, asking for consistency. <laughs> yeah. I'm once again, asking you for consistency. Like I agree with the people who watch what Luca does and say, he's probably the best all around player in basketball right now even though he loses in the first round two years in a row. I agree with the people who watch Kevin Durant do what he does those last couple games and see, say he's the baddest man in the NBA right now. You need a bucket. It's KD. But we're looking at a first round loss and a second round loss. And LeBron was those two guys in one for 15 years. And if he didn't win the whole fucking thing, we don't give him any praise. He has to win it all. Kevin Durant just has to show out in two games at the end of the second round. And he is the king alpha in the NBA. Well, look, you're just, you're LeBron not going to find dragging people to NBA finals and losing in six and seven games. And he's a choker. I think you're, I think the problem is you, you're, ex- you're expecting consistent. You're just not going to find consistency. I'm here once again, asking you to understand basketball, <laughs> but you're just not going to find consistency. Right. That's the problem. Hate, 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 hate. I mean, I mean, Twitter is. I'm listening to a fascinating podcast. Like it's the psychology of it. It really is fascinating and and what people want to believe and what they want to hear. And also the number of the percentage of people that regularly use it isn't, it's not even that high, but yet like, those of us who do use it think that's how everybody uses it. Right. Does that make sense? Like, like, I don't know. It's like one, it's like with the, it's like with dirt balls. Like we're like, Oh, you know, we see all these names and we're like, those are the, those dirt balls, like really passionate. And then you find guys that is like, you know, you go to a show and this guy's like, I'm not on social media, but I've listened to every podcast you've ever done. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And like, you know, start mentioning shit from your life. And you're like, Whoa, I would say most of the people, like on any of this stuff, podcasts, sports, politics, like they're a silent majority. Yeah. They, 
they they have their opinions they're too busy like like i mean M- nba twitter is fascinating that to me. being said if you're one of those social media people uh just start an instagram account and never post on it but follow me because that's the only way you can work anymore <laughs> start an only fans account man just start showing your dick um i'm once again asking that you not do th- say this <laughs> didn't it wasn't that your plan for me and only fans You've been telling me for years to make a porno. <laughs> I didn't know. I haven't said make a porn. I said make a sex tape. When, yeah, but that, that's, that's a actually, porno. You, actually, you missed your window, though. You missed your window. When you were the king of all social media and that you had that clout. In your early Twitter days, you could have. You, you could have turned a sex tape into like a Jake Paul type of career. You could have been like, you know, boxing Beetlejuice from Howard Stern for money, you know, like you could have done that, but you missed your window. The, pro- the, 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 the real Twitter era is over and you thrive during it, but boxing Beetlejuice. That would yeah. be funny. Yeah. He's like, a he's like a brain damaged midget and he's got a dented head and they're going to go head to head and a whack pack boxing match. Yeah, I probably would have lost too. Did I say midget? I didn't mean a little person. I don't even know if he is a little person. Listen, cancel, 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 cancel. Yeah, I apologize to the uh, small dwarf community. I think you think you just stepped on more toes. (laughs) As dwarf, I can't say dwarf. You better just be quiet. Let me just apologize to everybody over under five feet tall. I apologize. I don't know, man. To all uh, height impaired. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't even know if you can say that. I'm sorry I stepped on your toes, guys. I wear my shoes two sizes. You offended you offended <laughs> you offended the toe community, bro. There's like there's like a toe community out there. Oh Some, bro, that that is the toe. I know all about the toe community. I do have an OnlyFans, it's just for my feet. The foot fetish community is strong. Yeah. I think they fell off though. Yeah. At least at least on watching dirty sports. Yeah, because you don't you're not on your you're not on your couch with your socks on anymore. Yeah. I tried to, by the way, speaking of foot, I, 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 I tried it. I was doing yard work in, in sandals and I was like, this, this, this ain't it. This ain't it. Like, I'm like, I'm like picking You're up Italian grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, you know, it's been really hot here. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like putting on shoes. Today. I'm going to go because there was a big storm. So I was picking up like sticks, debris and like weeds. And I was now like, you're, you're, this is what this is why people do socks and sandals, bro. This is why this is why the Nick Del Sandros of the world. They got like socks and Tevas on. No, not to do yard. I just threw on shoes. I I, I said, this ain't it, man. The, the, the sandals. You, either you just go barefoot, which is fine. Just go barefoot. Yeah, you can't you can't have that like dustiness that happens between your sandal and your foot. Yeah. That was a huge mistake trying to do the little yard tidying up in sandals. I was like, what, what am I doing here? This is a rookie move. Who do you think wins that Bucks Hawks series? Do you give the Hawks any chance? I do give the Hawks a chance, but I think the Bucks win. So you're predicting Bucks Suns finals? I am. Man, it's craziness, dude. That's where we're at. The NBA, it's rigged for the big markets. Milwaukee, Phoenix, the NBA. It's fantastic. Dude, did you see that that Clippers Suns bra with the fans in shirtless jerseys again? Clippers, Clippers Suns. Did you not no. see this? No. 
Wait, wait, do we have more? We have more jerseys, no bro. undershirts, bro. Dude, I why I mean I mean a wild bra in like the concession area. Dude, I'm so like listen, I'm gonna tune my own horn here, horn here, but like how early was I on the Doc Rivers thing? How early was that? Like, I want it known right now that I I dug my heels in on the playoff. The, the the this playoffs the jersey without an undershirt like I, I i want credit for being the first person to recognize that this is the subculture of basketball fans that we most need to worry about this is like the proud boys of the thing like this is the the this is the like sub section of the population that like the fbi needs to be monitoring well i think the problem is the Suns and Four guy with the one fight has gotten so much positive attention that now, this is just, I'm assuming, that Suns fans are chomping at the bit to throw down. So this video, which I watched last night on YouTube, it heats up. It doesn't just go into a fight. Clippers fans are completely outnumbered. There's like three Clippers fans around like 15 Suns fans, and they're all talking trash. And they're doing the four, the four, and this is after game one. And then out of nowhere, the Clippers guy goes full Amir Garrett, just rogue against everyone, throws a punch. And dude, this melee is just, it's out of control. I mean, these, these sports leagues, get it under control. First things first, like, honestly, you know, like, I, I hate to like go full police state here, but like when you, my, my buddy sent me a picture, he went to one of the Knicks playoff games and he was sitting in the second deck. So he's at the garden and he's kind of like under one of the overhangs. And there is a full on 1984 big brother, London Metro style camera system. I mean, there's, he's sitting under six cameras pointing in different directions. And I know for a fact that, that those cameras are looking for somebody with like a fuck Dolan sign or somebody yelling fire Dolan, you know, or somebody saying like James Dolan is a psychopath and, it, and literally has probably 1 million cameras at the garden and will remove anybody who's anti Dolan. I think the NBA needs to follow his lead and be monitoring all people who are wearing jerseys without t-shirts underneath these are this is the this is america's most wanted they are going to be like if we can eradicate that population you want to do jersey you want to do jersey profiling is what you want yeah absolutely i do not believe in racial profiling i 100 believe in t-shirtless jersey <laughs> like if you're wearing jeans and a jersey i like i, I throw them in guantanamo <laughs> waterboard them I want them rounded up. I, I, you know what trend I am noticing with with these types, not the stereotype, but I'm about to. It's it's kind of full. I want to go full Chris Christoph Waltz in in, in, in Glorious Bastards. Where is the shirtless Jersey man? I know he's here. I can smell him. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a it's like a trashy person. 
But like, like, if, like if I just close my eyes and I was like, okay, it's either a, a white trash guy or a Mexican dude with a bunch of tattoos. Like, like I'm saying, like, like beach, I can pinpoint at the beach, at a barbecue, poolside in Vegas, in Palm Springs, you know, grilling up some hot dogs on the Fourth of July. Hey, hey, These you are know places what, that are fully acceptable to wear a jersey that's a shirt. You know what in they need to NBA do? In an NBA stadium. Put a bag over their head, zip tie their hands, throw them in a van, and drive them to the closest military base where they can rot in a jail cell forever for the safety of all basketball fans. Here's what they need to do. I I agree. It's a faux pas. It's it's not a good look. You you don't look fresh. It's not a good. Forget it's not a good look, Andy. I think it's a sign that you're sick. Well, I have some advice for these guys. If they want to improve their look, Joe, they should go to everlane.com forward slash dirty and use a great promo code, which is that's our link everlane.com forward slash dirty get 10% off their first order plus free shipping. Have you received your Everlane clothes? Cause I got mine and I will tell you, it is a huge upgrade to my wardrobe. I got a pair of jeans. They're so soft. Oh my I'm god! Not, I'm not even sure they're jeans. So soft. I feel like a. I feel like a, a chick. Like I feel like I was like, are these like yoga pant jeans? Are these like sweats jeans? They're so comfortable, and they're so soft. So I've soft. Worn them. I've, I've I've had them a week. I think I've worn them for every stand up show I've done for a week. I think I've worn them three times. They're so so soft. I agree. I got a pair of the athletic stretch organic jeans. I felt the same way. I slipped them on and I said, are these even jeans? Because they feel so soft and they have so many different styles. I also got the sport jogger, which I've been rocking at night, you know, nice little jogger when the AC's on here. And then for my sister-in-law, I got her the super soft relaxed jeans which she absolutely loves. The great thing about Everlane, if you go to their website, is they have such a great variety. So I just named a few of the different styles that they have, guys, from workout to takeout, swimwear to trackwear, styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late night spot. They have all these great different types of clothes. Their breathable organic cotton trackwear gives an elevated take on tried and true basics. And uh, get a head start on your summer look with Everlane's sustainable swimwear collection. Good for all my swimmers out there. Made from, listen to this. This is pretty cool. Made from 13,768 pounds of recycled plastic. They turned it into swim gear. So it's, you know, reusable and it's good for the environment. So Dirt Balls, if you want to get some of these great products, Go to everlane.com forward slash dirty and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com forward slash dirty and sign up. And that's E-V-E-R-A-L-A-N-E.com, everlane.com forward slash dirty. And and I want to reiterate one more time. If you're a Bucks fan, a Hawks fan, a Clippers fan, or a Suns fan, and you've got a playoff ticket in your possession, you're planning on going to a playoff game from here on out, go to everlane.com forward slash dirty sports, get yourself a, a nice slash dirty. 
sorry, forward slash dirty and get yourself a nice soft t-shirt for under your Jersey so that I don't round you up. Yeah, exactly. Well, you said it, we got a lot of basketball news in other news, Rick Carlisle after a long tenure, which included a title will no longer be coaching the Mavs. The Mavs have had a crazy off season in, in a week. Yeah. And I, did you ever read the athletic article? Yes. It started at all. Cause I did. So the, uh, the Donnie Nelson thing was one thing. And I know that the whole, the, you know, the conversation about Luca and who Luca gets along with and who Luca doesn't get along with. And it's like, listen, Luca is so talented and so good that you got to do what you got to do to make him happy. So when they do the Donnie Nelson thing, is this a Luca? Is this have to do with Luca? Does this have to do with the other, the shadow GM? Does this have to do with whatever? Okay. So I'm kind of like, whatever. We're probably blowing this out of proportion a little bit. Rick Carlisle leaving is a big deal. I think Rick Carlisle is a great coach. I think Rick Carlisle is a very easy, you know, like he just seems like a good guy. If there is an issue here that if Rick Carlisle left because of friction with Luca, as much as I love Luca, I think that paints him I think that makes that makes him more suspect to me. His attitude and just like like I mean, Rick Carlisle brought them their only title. I think he's a great X's and O's coach. He's the exact opposite of all the guys we've been talking about. Like I think he is a I th- you know, I think he was a top 5 NBA coach. And I think you know, Rick Carlisle cutting and running if this is a Luca thing, that makes that that makes me question Luca and his attitude and whatever more than anything. Now, well, maybe this is a in maybe he didn't want to do it without Donnie Nelson. Maybe whatever, blah, 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 blah. There could be a million reasons. Well, it sounds like this guy, the guy at the center of all this controversy is the shadow GM. Right. Bob, and I don't know how it's pronounced. Vulgaris. Yeah. Greek word. Um, he's a former gambler turned front office exec who apparently has the ear of Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's always in this guy's ear. Yeah. So while Donnie Nelson was calling the shots, Donnie Nelson, by the way, drafted Donkic. Right. Donchic. I say Donkic. Doncic, Doncic. What is it? Doncic, I'm assuming. Doncic? Yeah. Anyway, it seems like this guy is at the center of all this stuff. Yeah. And and that's that's what that's a you know, that's a weird thing. And and Cuban, listen, here's the weird thing about it is Cuban with all that kind of rumbling immediately said after the regular season that. Rick Carlisle would be the coach. And a week later, he is not the coach. And he leaves. So they yeah, they've lost two pieces that have been there a while. Now, Volgaris's technical title is Director of Quantitative Research and Development. 
Right. He is, again, a former very well-known NBA sports better. So he's in the analytics world. And like poker player, gambler, like math analytics with a quant, if you will. Yeah. So I don't know, but I'll tell you what, when you have a talent like Luca, you better get that shit figured out. You, yeah, but you got to you got to have a coach. Who's the Mavs coach? And also is Rick Carlisle the Celtics coach? Like I know they're already throwing out other names and I know there's like talk of like a, you know, a minority hire and whatever, but like Carlisle of Boston seems like a no brainer to me unless Brad Stevens is like, we're going younger and whatever. But like he played in Boston the second he left. I was like, oh, he's he left to take the Boston job. Well, I know he played in Boston. That, that was Jordan's infamous 63 point game. Right. Bill Walton was dropping F-bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing me in a pick and roll, Rick fucking Carlisle. Move your feet, Rick. God damn it. I haven't sworn since 1961. I'm out here, the prime MJ, hitting me with a killer crossover while Rick, Mr. Belding Carlisle, won't fight through a fucking pick. I've got Michael Jordan in open space. Hey, Rick, maybe tie up your converse and guard somebody. Take, take off one of your shoes and throw it at him, Rick. God. I'm a seven-foot-tall seven tall behemoth in a beard that's taken acid 46 times in the last two seasons with a bad back and bad feet guarding Michael Jordan in space on the elbow. Rick, get a fucking tranquilizer gun. <laughs> How about that combo to go back to the Knicks? Carlisle head coach, Bill Walton, the assistant. Yeah. To the Celtics? Yeah. You love it. Yeah. I don't think yeah, Bill Walton be... wants anything to do with Boston. No. Bill Walton's out every day playing the bass guitar at some like bar on Pacific Beach. I'll be yeah, but I'll be curious to see what happens for sure. And uh, we'll let it play out. Hey, did you see this? I'm sure you saw it. You saw the flashbacks to that playoff game than I do from all the acid I've ever taken. You saw this. My wife will wake up because I'm tossing and turning in bed. She said, Bill, I think you're having one of your crazy LSD flashbacks. And I go, no, I'm having a nightmare about the time Rick Carlisle abandoned me in a pick and roll with Michael Jordan. Guy put 63 on my head. I'm sure you saw this Waffle House. Yes. Pretty awesome. And, And I saw a lot of dirt balls wanting us to do it. So basically the guy lost a fantasy bet. And he had to be in a Waffle House for 24 hours. And every waffle he ate took off an hour. It's a really great idea. But and we those can't... waffles are gross and gigantic. Massive. But we can't mimic that exact thing. No, but I like the idea. It's a good I idea. Like, I, I, I like that people's heads are already at this because that was a fantastic. And like the guy who was, I mean, the, the New York Times wrote about it. Yeah, I mean, he was live tweeting it. Yeah. It's a pretty brilliant idea. So use that as your baseline. It's guys, a good baseline because it, it it knocks it out. Yeah. 
and I like the trapped somewhere and I like, you know, but I also like getting out of it with like, yeah, but we're not stealing the whole idea. Yeah. No, you know, we're not locking me in a chili parlor for 24 hours and saying, Hey, every two cheese conies you eat, you get an hour off. I might just do that on my own. <laughs> Who needs a bet? I'm going to you know, chain myself to a bench. The gold star chili. And like, what are you doing? You're like, I've chained myself to this bench until I can eat 10 cheese conies. Like, oh, did you lose some sort of bet? No, I'm just hungry. And like, like this bench, just really hungry. Yeah. There's no 24 hour cheese coney parlors around here, though. So that, that wouldn't work. That's what stinks. I agree. It's a good premise. We had, we got to talk about Cole Beasley for a minute. I, I just shut up and play the slot or whatever. Like what's the shut up and dribble a cool shut up and shut up and reception. Cause we're the reason I bring this up because we're seeing a lot of this now. My thing about it is like, again, with football you know, players. Yeah. My thing about it is, you know, everybody was on the LeBron, got asked it and then they didn't like that he didn't answer it my thing is hey cole beasley no one fucking asked you but also like it's just such what a weird flex right hey man what are you up to today well i i gotta work out and then i gotta write like a you know a monologue in my notes app about how i'm an anti-vaxxer you're like okay well look here's my here's my thing on the vaccine I don't even know if I've shared this. I understand people's concerns on a quickly developed vaccine. It doesn't mean I don't understand. I do. I understand anyone's concerns on a vaccine when if you look at the history and science behind it, most of these vaccines took a lot longer. I understand. I talked to Dr. Dripal, Zach Olmstead about that because I appreciate him. I know he's he's like genius smart. And he's like, it was all it's all money. He's like, they could have developed everything way faster. We had the money to do it. And we threw a ton of money at it. Here's the thing. I, my concern with it is just, I don't, I haven't been to the doctor in 20 years. I don't take shit. So, so I don't want, why am I going to take something? Like, I don't, I haven't gotten a, I haven't gotten a, you know, a tetanus shot since the world trade center was standing. So like the idea of me getting, I don't get the flu shot. I don't get anything. So I had concerns, but my thing is also like, and this is what I was just saying, you know, during the golf tournament yesterday, I got it so I could go to Mets games without having to take a PCR test every time I went to a baseball game. So the idea that John Rom didn't take it so he didn't lose $2 million is insane. The idea that Cole Beasley doesn't take it so he can not miss football games. Yeah. So, so with that being said, I understand people's concerns. Um, and if somebody doesn't want to get it, fine. Like that's their prerogative. I'm not going to give them shit. Obviously, I got the vaccine, um, but on the other hand, it's not like there isn't a precedent on vaccines. I think we have to understand that. But I think when the, you're my, talking, my point yeah. is like, like you got to get the polio, sh- and, and I don't, I don't know if this is apples to orange. I, I could be completely wrong. That's why it's all preface it by saying that. But you, you got to get certain shots before you enter a public school as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, in my opinion, that's a similar comparison. 
my issue with the Cole Beasley thing is, bro, like what are why are you telling me? Because <laughs> it seems to me why you're telling me is because you're trying to rally your fucking red hat anti-vaxxer crowd to be like, yo, what's up? I'm one of you dogs. Like, why are you who are you appealing to with this? Why are you telling me? Why do I know? No one asked. But it's, it's like, not it's, it's not it's just like, him. Like that's, the Twitter that's what I'm thing. saying. It's like nobody blank. Sure. Cole Beasley. Here's my notes app. But like, we're seeing the, the reason I'm bringing him up is that's what I'm saying. We're seeing this from a lot of NFL guys now. A lot of them. But again, and, my point is, if somebody goes, hey, are you getting it? It's like, I'm not. And, uh, you know, I have a reason and I'm not doing it and whatever. Like LeBron said, I don't want to answer whatever. I don't know if LeBron did or LeBron didn't. My point is. When you show up unannounced and just drop it on us, I'm like, oh, so you're just like a, you're basically just like Marjorie Taylor Green. Like you're just you're just flexing on being like a dipshit. Like I don't well, even I, look. Know. I don't know if he was or wasn't asked. I don't know if this all started because of a question during minicamp or whatever. But for the people concerned, I have played this out in my head. Of okay, let's say, let's say. Let's say it's a huge, let's go the extreme route. Let's, let's say there's a huge government conspiracy, right? And they're infecting us with something. All of us who got vaccinated. My response would be, okay, then 80% of the country, like, has it? Then we all, then we all, then we're all fucked. Does that, does that make any sense? Like, I don't know if it's a, it's a weird way to view things, but mm -hmm. my, my mentality is I'm getting the vaccine if it's, going to cause severe health effects, then it's just basically going to kill everybody. So, so here's, here's so I'm my part thing. Of, I'm part of that group, whatever. Here's my thing is, and like, again, I literally, I will say it again. I literally got vaccinated to attend Mets games. <laughs> okay. So that is the, that is the entirety of my notes app monologue. Okay. But now I'm going to read this and just, Say, you know, if I were in the NFL, protocol modifications for vaccinated individuals, fully vaccinated, no daily testing, not fully vaccinated, testing required every day. Okay, I'm getting vaccinated. For, right, just there, just on that. If I'm an NFL player, just on that alone, I don't want to even, the idea of getting tested every day, I'm getting vaccinated. Okay. Fully vaccinated people, masks not required at club facility or during team travel. Not fully vaccinated, masks required at club facility and during travel. Forget the two of them together. Once again, alone. I don't have to wear a mask everywhere. I'm getting vaccinated. No yeah. physical distancing required. Must remain physically distant if you're not vaccinated. No quarantine required after high-risk exposure. Must quarantine after high-risk exposure. No travel restrictions. Travel restrictions in effect. No capacity limits in weight room. 15-player limit in weight room. May eat in cafeteria with other people. May has to be socially distanced. May not eat with teammates. No restrictions on social media, marketing, sponsorship opportunities. No social media, marketing, sponsorship activities permitted. May use sauna steam room. May not use. Dude, I'm getting vaccinated so I can use the fucking sauna. Yeah. May interact with vaccinated family and friends during team travel. May not leave team hotel to eat in restaurants. May not interact with anyone outside of team. You're literally making your job harder. 
And what are you doing it for? Because I want to live life. I want to live life the way I believe it. You're like, all right. Cool story, Cole Beasley. You're so that, fucking tough. Play without a helmet. Well, and, and that's fine. You know, again, if, if you don't want to get a vaccine, cool, dude. I'm, I'm not going to judge you on that. But if I'm your teammate, I am going to judge you because I'm like, oh, I can't do walkthroughs with Cole because Cole won't get vaccinated because Cole blah, blah, blah. Now we can't do lot. We can't do lobby, you know, pregame morning lobby sets. We were we would talk about the fucking routes we're going to run and we, you know, we do little walkthroughs because he's got to live in a bubble because he fucking what? Because he what? Yeah. As his teammate, I'm annoyed. I'm like, bro. For what? Well, look, I, you know, to me, whether it's uh, a football player or a celebrity or anybody, I, to me, I think the important takeaway for a lot of people is don't get your medical advice from these people. I may die of COVID, but I'd rather die actually living. See, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. That's bro. What put that, that on his gravestone. I may die of COVID, but I'd rather die actually living. You know, I, I just I just don't understand what and then that he means. Follows that up with I have family members whose days are numbered. If they want to come see me and stay at my house, then they are coming regardless of protocol. What about like what is he talking about? What about like, bro, I don't even know, but I know. This isn't like I know fucking I want to see my grandma. I, I, I just I don't understand it. Like, I, I just don't get it. How would getting the vaccine? Well, you know, they would cover like he would never get open again because they'd be tracking him with the chip that they put in his brain. They'd have they'd be like, this is where he's going. We can read his thoughts. Bill Gates is like in a in a fucking, you know in the the matrix going he's running an out route i'm reading his thoughts but but that goes back but that goes back to my point again joe if 80 percent of the country ends up getting it and something happens then 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 we're all in this boat together yeah i mean listen that's not the reason to get it or not get i'm again i'm saying just the reason to get it and not say shit is just like now you have, don't have to deal with all this protocol. And I know that that's like the NFL is going to do that because they have to cover their own ass. They have protocol to cover their own ass. And we've talked about this with Kaepernick and whatever and blah, 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 blah. But like the NFL does what's best for them. They don't give a shit. They're just doing what is best for them so they can say we did this. But for me, if I'm, I'm, I'm Joe Prano, I'm a man on an island. I got vaccinated to go to Mets games. If I'm a part of a team, I'm getting vaccinated solely so I can talk to you without my mask on and be like, yo, fucking, I'm running it out on this play and like in the game, like do this and let's meet up. Hey man, come to my room so we can run some, we can talk about some fucking plays. I mean, Cole Beasley, it like, dude, I don't know if you follow the whole tweet, the whole tweet trend. As far as other things, I, I got to read a couple more. It's it's. Did he keep going? Dude, he's quote tweeting. Somebody wrote, but what happens to the odds, bees? I get the hesitation of the vaccine. Truly, 
but the idea that it's pointless is ridiculous. So he's responding to Beasley saying it's not pointless. This was Cole Beasley's quote tweet response to that. I didn't say it was pointless, again, referring to getting the vaccine. Then he says, what does this mean? He says, if you do, or I'm sorry, if you want to get it done, then do so. I'm not encouraging you to not get it. Just let me live my life regardless of of if get it or not. I don't want to die in a car wreck during the season without getting to actually live my normal life. What is what is that? What is he talking about? He's got CTE. Yeah, I was just about to say. I mean, I tweeted that. Congratulations tweet- to Cole Beasley, grand prize winner in this week's episode of You've Got CTE. <laughs> you know, we're talking about a guy who's made his living as a slot guy who gets lit up going across the middle against 250 pound inside linebackers. What is he even talking about? But also, how about this, Andy? How about this? And I'm like, I, again, there's so many places to go with this. Like, first of all, who asked again, I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't. Well, then why, what are you saying, bro? You didn't have to say anything. So, but then the other thing is this is, we're talking about it. The whole internet's talking about it. There's a, tweet thread about it right isn't this a media firestorm i was told mediocre players that bring media firestorms are not allowed in the nfl so as far as i know he should be literally blackballed from the league well i think that's a stretch i mean he's a good player right he had 970 yards last year yeah he's okay He's a good right? player. He's a, he's a good slot receiver. He's a good slot receiver. But I, I, again, I'm once again here asking you for consistency. I've been told. I mean, you better be awesome if you're going to bring media attention to your locker room. I, I don't agree with where you're going with this. I think oh, I, th- I think it's different. Don't? Why is no. it different? Because you're talking about a player who hasn't played in five years. But no, no, no. I'm not talking about a player who play, hasn't played in five years. I'm talking about why the player stopped playing in the first place. I, I think this I was is told if you bring negative media attention and you're not a superstar, go fuck yourself. I think this is apples to oranges. I think these are different situations. Of course, they're different situations, but I'm getting I'm boiling it down to what the people who say it say, which is if you bring a whole media firestorm to our locker room and you're not Aaron Rodgers and you're not Patrick Mahomes, then get fucked. Well, again. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't really want to go down that route. I think that he he has problems. That's that's a, that's my take on Cole Beasley. It's not even. It's not even. It's it's a game of troll moron or CTE, and it could be all three. You got you got you're a troll, you're a moron, and you have CTE. I, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. End of story. And and the same for all these guys. You saw it from uh, who just got traded to the Panthers. Why well, am I forgetting his name? Sam Darnold. Like you're seeing it from like starting quarterbacks. What, what are these guys like? I, I just don't get your medical advice from a football player, just like you shouldn't get it from Alyssa Milano or name. Somebody. I don't want any advice from Cole Beasley on anything. I don't even want my football advice from Cole Beasley. He's a decent rapper, though. <laughs> OK, last story, and then we'll wrap up the show. No calls. Wrap today. it up. 
Yeah, no call today. I gotta go. I gotta go hit the links. Okay. Do you want to save the NCAA thing for next episode? What is the NCAA thing? It was a big ruling today. The Supreme Court ruled 9-0, which like never happens. Never. A bipartisan ruling. I mean, across the board. Like on what? I don't even know. I don't even know. Dude, you know me. Basically. Tapped out of college everything. Basically, it was a unanimous ruling that um, the NCAA, it wasn't a, it wasn't a hundred percent about pay for play, mm-hmm. but the high courts basically ruled against NCAA on compensation. So it's, it's going to set the precedent for future rulings. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Basically today, they affirmed that athletes can be compensated on future. Let, let's say. Let's say the guy says, oh, I want to then go to grad school. Mm-hmm. That could be part of the scholarships. Or I want to have an education-related benefits violate federal antitrust laws. Yeah. So, so, so again, I know it's kind of dicey because it's legal stuff, and obviously I'm not a lawyer. But everything that I've read, Joe, says this has set the precedent, especially with a 9-0 unanimous ruling, is that this is going to set the precedent for everything else. Now right. all these lawsuits right. are going to come in and – the fact that it was so unanimous is not like the answer lay is fucked. And then the Kavanaugh who wrote the majority opinion, which on behalf of everybody, the line that everybody's taking away is this. He says, nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And, and under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. So it seems that there's a unanimous decision that the NCAA thinks they can get away with basically running around the law. And they're saying no. And the NCAA has already spun this from their angle of like, yeah, see, it's it doesn't say we can pay our players, but it's basically heading that route. So uh, as you like to do. Bye forever. Bye forever. I think the NCAA will in the next five years not be. Yeah. Or as we know it, at least as we know it, I think this will good eradicate the system. So anyway, there's that hotline three, one Oh, three, five, nine, eight, three, six, five. If you have any questions on the NCAA ruling or need some legal advice, you can um, tweet at Cole Beasley because <laughs> I think he is going to have a better understanding. His Twitter is at B E A S E 11 at B's 11. He will answer any of your questions on the new NCAA ruling. So uh, go to Cole for that. What? What's what's inside your skull? Uh, B's 11. There's 11 of them in there. They're flying around buzzing. Lots of ideas. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano. Follow me on other social media at Joe Prano. Follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. Go to andcan.org, uh, which I've talked about in a couple last episodes. And uh, yeah, keep doing keep doing dirt ball things, you dirty cool. dirt balls. I'll be getting those koozies out. Uh, check your DMs. See if I followed you back on Instagram. 
especially on that platform. And I'll get those out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. We will be back in a few days. Have a great start to your week. And as always, stay dirty.